Welcome to the AF Mentors podcast. This is for coaches who care about impact and are ready to be pushed outside their comfort zone and into growth. You can find out more about AF Mentors at afmentors.com. Hello everyone. I'm just going to wait for Facebook to load. Oh, it's taking a very long time today. Okay, here are we. Oh, hope everyone has had lovely weekends. Right, we've got really good questions today. So I'm cracking on. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, uh. Okay, I'm currently selling one-to-one coaching and hybrid programs. Wait, did I do? no, I haven't done this. But I've always wanted to launch group coaching in the future. I did group coaching before and really enjoyed it. I'm currently not getting any signups for one-to-one coaching program. Their objection is it's too expensive, but I am tempted to go straight into launching the group. Based on my past coaching experience, I thrive in a group setting and feel quite drained when I do one-to-one coaching. I guess my only concern now is money. Um, I'm afraid I won't get enough signups for the group to earn, but then again, I'm not earning anything with one-to-one now either okay this is quite a hard situation because are people not signing up because you don't have a lot of potential clients that are ready to buy or is it actually the money because you have to think of this from like putting yourself in the client's shoes right if someone's selling you something that you don't really want a lot of the time you say I don't have enough money what they actually mean is I don't think what you're selling to me and this isn't saying that your service isn't excellent but it might not be it might not be being portrayed of that value to that person which is the point I want to make right I'm not saying it's not valuable but it isn't valuable enough to that person for them to pay for it who's to say that they will think that the group program is of value to them so if you've got people that are genuinely like if genuinely money is the problem then a lower tier option of group coaching might be a great option but if actually they don't want to spend anything on coaching with you at the moment then no matter what the price it doesn't really matter so I would potentially consider that and who you're going to sell to and if they are captive and ready to buy because you don't want to spend a lot of time setting up a group coaching program and then realize that actually it wasn't it wasn't that it needed to be 50 quid cheaper for them it was that they didn't value it enough to pay for coaching at the moment anyway so I would, I would think about that. And then if that is the case, there's a different route we can go down, which might just be at the moment, making sure that you're putting out really, really fucking good content. And sometimes that takes time. I actually just read this really good book by Seth Godin. It's called The Dip. And there are loads of kind of theories in it, but most of it's kind of simple. And it's essentially, if you want to get really good at something, you need to go through the dip. And the dip is like the long, boring time. And in group coach or in coaching, it might be going from, oh, you know, that sounds exciting, running a group coaching program. I'd love to have 50 clients in there. I'd love to be making this much money or helping this many people. And it's exciting that I've just qualified as a personal trainer. Now I'm ready to do this. But the dip is the bit in between where actually you have to do all the hard work and there's all the failures along the way. And there's all the times that maybe you try something that doesn't quite work or you want to launch something, but actually you haven't given enough value yet. You haven't created a big enough following yet. You haven't 
marketed yourself in the right way you don't have a backlog of podcasts for people to listen to you don't have any buy-in from people yet that's the dip that's why not many people go from being you know qualifying as a personal trainer to being a fucking awesome coach with a massive business because they're not willing to work through the dip like I didn't start earning what I earn now I started earning like fucking nothing but it's much easier to work through the dip if you genuinely love what you're doing and there's like some questions about podcasts later on which we'll kind of come back to this but you have to work through the, the bits where you're like, yeah, I'm not getting much return initially from my investment. And this is the same with like, if you think about any career, something like law is a great example of this. So like you go to law school and you have to pay a shit ton of money and you have to do loads of work. And yeah, you have this nice idea that at some point you might be a lawyer, but then you have to go through four years of uni and then you have to do your diploma year and then you have to work for a company for like fuck all money for X amount of time until you do finally get to that point where you are a badass lawyer and you're earning shit loads of money. It takes like that dip is huge, right? Which is why there are so few people that get to that point. The exact same is true with coaching. Like there are so few coaches that actually get to that point because most people get lost in this dip. You have to push through that. And on like a small scale level, if you're talking to clients about this, it's, it's the same kind of thing of like I started and I'm quite excited about starting this new program. And like I have this idea that I'm going to have this incredible physique. The dip is all the fucking hard work you have to do before you get to that incredible physique. That's why not many people have an incredible physique, because it's the hard work in the middle where most people give up. That is the reason that not enough, not that many people get to the end point. And that's not like necessarily a bad thing, actually. It means that there's very little uh, competition at this end point because most people have given up during the dip. Okay, um, Magdalena. Also, if you can come to the mastermind, that would be good because I think a little bit of back and forward about where your business at is at. I don't know why I keep completely missing words. <laughs> That's how fast my brain is going. Right, I'm going to slow down. Um, would be very useful. Magdalena, this is week three with AFM and I find myself quite stuck when it comes to having DM conversations. I tried to follow your advice of offering free resources and let people open conversations instead of cold DMing, but no one is reaching out. I've offered them in posts, not so much in stories. So that's the only thing that comes to mind that I can do. What other things could I do to open those conversations? Okay, a couple of things here. You're right. Stories might be useful because it's an easier conversion or you might get more people watching your stories or maybe it's easier for them to DM straight from there. Then post a comment and comments are obviously um, public. So I don't know, some people, this has happened, like, I would say of, of the thousands of people that comment, maybe like five people will DM me and be like, I didn't want to write on the post. Don't know why. I'm like, thanks. The whole point is it helps the, the algorithm, but sure. Um, so yeah, you might find that stories help, but the other thing to consider is that what you're offering isn't what people want. So what you're offering has to be what your clients want or at least what they think they want so if you're like here's how you I don't know like something quite like oh I don't know here's how you lose fat in this um, why have I got no ideas <laughs> here's how you do something right but they're not really interested in it basically him this is a good example here's how you have sustainable long-term fat loss right that's what we all want for our clients, but it's often not what they want or what is really exciting, like selling maintenance. 
isn't all that exciting, even if that is what you know that your clients actually want and actually need. Whereas if you can sell them what they think they want, and that doesn't mean that you have to sell out what's important to you, but it might be, it might even be something as simple as we all go, or like, does anyone else struggle with going off track on the weekend? Well, I've come up with this three part plan of how to avoid going off track on the weekend dm me weekend if you want the plan or comment below weekend if you want the plan however you're doing that just make sure that the lead like one of the most common reasons the lead gen doesn't work is because it's something that not that many people want so consider that as well that it might you might not be tapping into exactly who you're trying to attract in the language that they want with the like problems that they want solved because often selling them the solution that they actually need sustainable fat loss which might take a little bit longer usually isn't that tempting to them I'm pretty sure and I'm not suggesting you do this but as an example I'm pretty sure if you were like who wants my two-week shred people would comment below and and also things that are really actionable that are the problems that like if you're struggling with consistency on the weekend literally everyone come on something like that that's really hitting home assuming that fat loss is your client base um would be actionable and practical and probably much more effective. Okay, you've also said, the weekly check-ins about lead gents and conversations, I feel with my lack of conversations and the holiday season, season being here, I put zero on both. What can I start looking on to make, it, uh, to, to make sure I change that for next week and to improve from there? One, love that you're, you're asking this question and that you're like actioning it. Two, exactly what I've just said, make sure that your lead gen is actually converting and is actually what people want. And three, stop having a self-fulfilling prophecy about holiday season. Like you can use that to your advantage if you want. Could be something to do with holidays. It could be, here's my three tips to enjoy your holiday while also staying on track or while not putting on loads of body fat or while not feeling self-conscious on the beach. You know, whatever your demographic is and whatever they're struggling with use that but there's no reason that like if you tell yourself I'm not going to get clients because it's holiday season the likelihood is you won't get clients but if you're like yeah this is another thing that I can talk about that I can use in my lead generations or what is what people are worried about I can maybe do some podcasts on that I could create some content around it now you're using that to your advantage okay Laura King probably more a mastermind question but when you sell a package on my PT Hub, does it activate straight away? Yes, it does. Looking to have a start date with the two weeks marketing where people can sign up, but I want them to all start on the same day. Yep, it's a problem which I have told my PT Hub about. It's very annoying. I mean, the only reason it matters because it's obviously all your advertising and marketing and stuff will just be we start on the eleventh of July or whatever day it will be. But the reason it matters is because. If you have a package on my PT Hub and it's six weeks long, this happens to me every time, someone will sign up in the, you know, the first stage of marketing, which will be two weeks before they start, which means that their package will run out two weeks early. So they will get, I mean, the only problem is they will get an email saying, your package has ended. And then they'll be like, what are you talking about? It shouldn't have ended yet, but you just need to communicate that it's an annoying thing on the app. And I've told them to take it off. So we will see what happens there. But at the moment, yeah, that's the best we can do. The other thing is, if enough people in this group are using my PC Hub, 
I will get Ryan on and he is Mr. My PT Hub. And we can have like a, maybe a little mastermind with him. Maybe he could show us the app a little bit or we could have certain questions for him and stuff. So that might be quite useful if enough people are using that. But I know people use other apps as well. Okay. Hey, Lucy. Grace. Leading from your current answer. Sorry, I didn't read this as I was answering. What advice would you give to respond to people who say they can't afford it during a consultation or after inquiring with me? This is for one-to-one or personalised programming. If you have a group option, then be like, oh, that's fine if you can't afford one-to-one. This is why we run group coaching, so that it's affordable for more people. That would be the, the option. If you only do one-to-one or personalised programming, then that's fine. They can't afford it, or they, that's the reason they're saying that they don't want to sign up, which is, again, absolutely fine. It's the easiest answer to give. They're, it would be quite harsh if they turned around and they were like, I don't value the coaching service you're offering me enough to pay that money, which is often the case. Again, fine, but it's good to kind of acknowledge that. Sometimes people genuinely can't afford it, but a lot of the time it's simply, you're not portraying enough value for me to give you X amount of money. Um, and if that if they're saying that and you don't have a group option, then that's fine. Maybe there is another place they can go where the coaching is cheaper probably not as good but again you're not the right coach for everyone and you don't want to mold yourself to be the right coach for everyone if you want to do personalized one-to-one programming that comes at a premium cost that's just the way it is okay alexandra hey how are you not not (laughs) i felt that i'm just very uh i had a back flare up so i'm just like angsty today Um, I've just launched the next round of my group coaching. I saw this. I've had some interest, but no one from general sales sign up yet. I do have 15 people on it already. It's 10 people are continuing and five signups from the waiting list. I can go ahead with this number of people, but aiming to try and fill 30 to 50 spaces. Starts the 18th of July. Oh, you've got ages. Should I post about it every day of the next two weeks or is it a bit beggy? I would do every three times a week every other day kind of thing p.s i'm going to catch up on this later as i'm in a coffee shop working and forgot my headphones that is absolutely fine but uh, that's actually quite good numbers to have already like the 18th of july is still two and a bit weeks away most people don't sign up until like just before um so don't stress about that okay alana hey So this week I've been working on something and I would love your opinion on this. Recently, I've been getting feedback from current clients and so many of them tell me that they love how I seem to just get it. Um, I get that life can be so busy as mums and dads and sometimes we just don't have time to get our workouts and steps in, etc. So off the back of this, I I thought I would offer a free summer survival guide with simple workouts that can be done at home when you have no childcare, etc. People with uh, help people with working out calories and loads of other helpful input info. I've made a Canva document and it looks pretty good and easy to follow. I'm planning on launching my new group coaching the week the schools go back, the 17th of August. Right. So thought this would work well with that. Maybe get some signups from it. Can you give me your thoughts on offering f- free stuff like this? 
I won't make the lives as I have clients, but I will catch up. That sounds great. Yeah, I think that's a great thing, especially over the summer. I would probably try and keep in some kind of contact with them. So don't just send them the free Canva and then be like, bye. Like either, depending on the numbers you get as well, like if it's small numbers, maybe like take their, wherever you contact them, take the details of it. So note down their Instagram if that's how you're getting them. Or if you've got their numbers, like get their numbers on WhatsApp or something. Or if it's larger numbers, then get their emails on an email list. And then you can kind of follow them up. So if it was the email list, you could have it on an automation. So they sign up to get your free Canva. They get sent the email. Hey, welcome. So excited to have you. Here's your summer survival guide. Then every week you could send them an email. And this could all be automated being like, hey, just checking in, hoping you're doing well. If you have any questions, let me know. Or like, remember to listen to the podcast this week or blah, 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 you know, whatever a little bit of interaction so they remember you and so that like if they do forget to start or something the other thing is you might get people who are like oh, I tried but I haven't started and then you're like do you know what a lot of people need a little bit more support so have you thought about coaching my next coaching program starts blah 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 and then you can also email them right at the end of the summer or like right before your your program launch and be like really hope you enjoyed the free guide if you're looking to now start some coaching or like in uh what's the right word add on improve continue <laughs> those words continue your results then have you thought about this coaching program blah 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 um so yeah that's probably what i would do but yeah it's a great idea and the law of reciprocation will be on your side here because if you've already given them something and they've already got value from you they are much more likely to keep wanting to work with you. <clears throat> okay, tips on overcoming decision analysis paralysis when thinking of my offer. I find that I can't decide on what I want to do. Okay, honestly, at this point, it almost doesn't matter. You just need to choose something and stick to it and it won't be perfect. It never is to start with. But if you keep changing your mind, it's very confusing for your clients as well or your potential clients as well. If they're like, oh, you mentioned group coaching last week and I was kind of interested in that, but I was just going to wait and see like what happened. And now you don't do that and you only do high end one to one. And then it's like the next week you're doing group coaching again. And like people will get confused as much as you will get confused. So choose one thing and commit to it for a period of time and then tweak it and see if it's working or not. Like get feedback on it, improve it. But you have to start to be able to make that thing, you know, never going to be perfect, but to make that thing great, you have to start good to get great. And the only way you can get great is by starting and getting feedback and re like iterating on that and improving it. And then it becomes great. OK, Clara, I'm sorry, I have lots of questions this week. That's OK. How do I decide which platforms I should be on? I used to have a podcast, but I stopped. Um, feel like starting up again but not sure it's worth the time and effort. Corey's just saying, most of my leads have come from the podcast. So in my experience, it's been invaluable given the fact that it's free to create and put out there. Just make them short and snappy, reduce the friction, and maybe you could get another coach on board if, you, if you're lacking inspiration. Conversational pods are banging and by committing to a time with someone, um, someone else to record, it will help you keep accountable also. Gold absolute gold so a few things to say on this 
And actually there's another question. Yeah, Robin is just asking. So my clients keep telling me to start my own podcast, tips for starting one, uh, what to use to record. Is it Zoom, for example? How often should you recommend doing one? Always thought about it, but never, but never took action. And Alana's saying, same, I need to, I need some help on this too. I've no idea where to start. Starting is so easy. You can literally go on your computer. In fact, you can even download an app, go on to Anchor, record and post, and it will post it everywhere for you. Like it is so, so simple. So there is literally no barrier to entry there. So you have zero excuse for not doing that. That goes to both of you. Robin, especially you, because your clients are specifically asking you for this. Thus, the demand is there. So go and do it. Like if you come back next week and you haven't done it, you are banished. Make sure that you start that and start it now. Like people already want that from you. Um, Clara, you've you've done the dip thing that we were talking about where you start something, it gets a little bit hard or you get a little bit bored and then you've given up on it. And podcasts are a great example of this because it exactly fits in with the stat about podcasts, which is that only 90% of people that start podcasts get to episode three. And of the 10% that get to episode three, only 90%, did I say that wrong? Yeah, I did. <laughs> Wait, what is the stat? Right. Of the people who start podcasts, 90% don't get past episode three. That's the stat. And of the 10% that do, 90% of those people don't get past episode 20. So simply by doing more than 20 podcasts, simply by, that's the dip, right? Simply by doing 20 podcasts where some of those get a bit boring and you probably don't have enough listeners yet that you're seeing like huge results from that yet. But simply by doing that will put you way up there in the percentage of people that have ever done that many podcasts. So push through that dip. And I would say, if you're going to start a podcast, this is the other thing that comes up in this book, which I'd recommend you read, by the way, The Dip by Seth Godin. It's also very short, which is good for people with short attention spans. But he says, like, one of the most important things is knowing when to quit. So if you're thinking, I'm going to start a podcast, but you have no intention of actually committing to doing 20, don't start. And this is what you're saying, Clara, like, I don't know which platforms to be in. If you cannot commit to doing 20 podcasts, don't do one. There's no point. Like, don't dip your toe in. You go all in and you commit to doing it properly or you don't do it because otherwise it's just taking up your resources, which could be better spent elsewhere. So consider that before you start. I also think, Corey, one of the reasons your podcast does so well is because you are so fucking good at talking to people and like reading people's minds. And if that's what you're really good at, then podcasts are fucking great. If you're someone who communicates better via writing and actually you don't really enjoy the podcast setup or you stumble with your words a lot, I mean, I obviously do that, but if it's not your key mode of communication, your best, you don't turn up at your best on a recorded podcast, but actually when you write, that's where you shine, then maybe email marketing or maybe doing a blog or maybe doing more written posts or something use use it to your advantage but also call yourself out on if you're saying I'm not good at podcasts and the reason you're not good at them is because you've never done one like I would still probably try them and see if you can get good at them but you'll probably know yourself am I better at verbal communication or written communication that might be where your best place to put your main focus um Magdalena what is your opinion on hashtags use them or not best approach 
I'm I'm just gonna say this. I have no idea. I've never used hashtags. So I have no idea. I don't think anyone really uses them anymore, but I also could be wrong. So if anyone has any insight on that, please share in the group because it's not something I know about. Okay, Laura. Hi, Emma, looking for some advice and tips on client retention, both one-to-one -one online coaching and group coaching. With one-to-one, -one, I've noticed clients staying the minimum amount of time, three months, and then finishing up even if they haven't reached their goal. I feel when I say it's a three-month minimum commitment, they have a, they have their heads, they have in their heads that they will cancel after three months. Yeah, I think this is potentially a problem when people say it's a three-month minimum commitment, even if they're quite clear about that's the minimum commitment and actually staying longer would give you better results. People still sometimes have that three-month idea in their head. So I would try and break that down into even just framing it as, most of the clients I work with say a year, but as a bare minimum, I won't work with someone for under three months. So they have like a better scope in their head or whatever's appropriate to you and your client base. The other thing I will mention here is that if someone stays for three months and leaves, even if they haven't quite reached their goal because they feel confident and they're happy and they got a lot from working with you, that's not a failure. Like that doesn't mean they... That, you failed them as a client or like a client leaving doesn't always mean that that's a negative thing so bear that in mind as well like I think retention a lot of people think retention is like the gold standard for coaching it's not like it's absolutely not <laughs> you could teach someone in six weeks enough that they can go and do it on their own for life you absolutely could most people need more coaching than that but not everyone. And to limit yourself to thinking that, oh, it's only people that stay with me for a prolonged period of time. If you take that to the extreme, then the exact opposite is true. If you've got someone who's staying with you for years, that doesn't mean you're a good coach. It may mean that you have a good relationship with them and that they really like working with you, but that's separate from being a good coach. And it doesn't mean either way that you're a good or a bad coach if your client stays with you for years. But I wouldn't use it as sorry um I wouldn't use it as like your sole marker of like coaching achievement like I know a lot of people like oh a better is a better marker than how much money you're making yeah maybe it depends on your business model like it's not always retention isn't always the goal like you look at things like dating apps or apps that I mean actually a good example of this which is almost quite applicable and I heard it on a podcast, I can't remember which one it was, but it was about business and it was about um, key performance indicators for your business. And for a lot of people, that's retention, right? So for something like Netflix, it might be, it might be like, we need to spend more money to make sure more people stay subscribed to Netflix for longer. But for other things like dating apps, or this is one they were talking about, which was a insomnia app. So it would help you fall asleep. Basically it would help you cure yourself of insomnia. The whole point is that you delete that app because you don't need it anymore. Now, if you're helping someone better their relationship with food, the whole point is that they better their relationship with food and they don't need you anymore. That is success. Whether it takes six, like, I mean, six weeks would be a short period of time, right? But six weeks or six months or six years, like the whole point is that they leave you because you have helped them achieve their goal. If someone comes to you for fat loss and they lose the fat and now, I don't know, they want to start powerlifting, but you're not a powerlifting coach. 
retention is a shit tool to measure the, the success of that client you have got them success and now they've moved on to something else so don't like limit yourself to retention anyway then you've said with group coaching clients are getting pretty good results group interaction isn't great one or two always answering and others ignoring everything in last week's check-in I highlighted how far they'd come in the past four weeks, spoke about continuation of the program, monthly recurring payment, works out much cheaper than the six weeks. Not one single person has signed up. I gave them a few days of exclusive access to, um, so they could secure their spot, but one, but no one did. Any tips on what I should do here? I'm a bit disappointed that no one is staying on. <coughs> um, there are numerous reasons that this might be. And it could be partly the expectation of this is a six week program. So then I'm going to like move on after the six weeks. And they had no like no um, intention of saying anyway, which happens, I would say, quite a lot with group coaching, especially if you've sold it as a six week package. Um, or I don't know, maybe it could be that the group program for them isn't working or there could be some tweaks you could make. Have you got. Uh, feedback from these clients would be the next thing I would ask and also have you kind of fed that in from the start that there's a continuation because if people are like oh there's an end date and this is you know like my whole thing is that I'm ending this diet on x day then it's very hard to up then suddenly at the end you're like oh by the way you can stay people aren't expecting that and have maybe even already looked out the next thing they're going to try um, so make sure when you're thinking about doing your next group that like even from the start it's in the marketing and it's in how you talk about things and you might even in the welcome live you might be like welcome this is the whole setup and blah blah blah, blah. and then also mention most people stay for x amount of time or there is the opportunity to stay on for x amount of time forever potentially um alexandra i am listening live hope the people around me aren't annoyed with me blaring this out the laptop hi everyone in the coffee shop <laughs> um says your one I don't know what that means Corey I feel like it's um I don't know some kind of uh Irish chat ESG living in my head rent free <laughs> um okay sorry another question do you think Zapier is worth paying for I tried the free version but it won't let me use enough functions to automate what I would like to Essentially, would like group clients getting auto-sent questionnaire and welcome message, access to Google Drive and welcome pack. Same with one-to-one, -one, except they are different forms. Hope that makes sense. Also, can you tell me a little about WhatsApp business? Do you use this off the one phone using two different SIMs? Is it hard to set up? So I'll share this in the group. There's a WhatsApp business um, number that I use. You don't need another SIM card. It's just five pounds a month. And then, yeah, you can have, it's different apps, so you can have it on the same phone and you can also have them both on the desktop. I've sent it to a few people. I'm pretty sure it's five or six pounds a month. So it's probably worth doing because it gives you that boundaries in it. Um, also, uh, oh, re-Zapier. If it's worth paying for, really depends on how much you're going to use it. And some of this stuff you might be able to do without using Zapier, depending on which app you use. So if you can make it to the mastermind, I can kind of show you a little bit more. I pay for Zapier. Um, 
and I think it's worth it but it really depends on how much money you're making to be honest like if you're if it's cutting into your profit margin significantly then no it's probably not worth doing but it does automate everything for you quite smoothly most of the time if you can make it work also this is my last week I just wanted to thank you and everyone for all the amazing help and support you have given over the past few months it's just a goodbye for now not forever we will miss you and you are always welcome back um oh grace i've already answered yours on the live grace again do you charge vat in any of your businesses or do you have them all as separate lim limited companies how do you mention it when it's a client facing service all my companies are vat registered because i abide by the law and i don't live in dubai um yeah and i eat like i just eat the vat basically you can't charge back to clients because they're not businesses right there are certain coaches now and again that want a VAT receipt for EIQ for example there's a couple on AFM that are VAT registered so again they can charge they can use that to charge that back um but yeah like I just put it in the like I know that 20% of whatever I'm charging goes to VAT that's kind of just part of growing your business and you can do like a lot of people spend a lot of time a lot of money and do a few sort of like I mean technically illegal things or like gray area things to avoid paying that and I just think the amount of time and money and effort you're putting into avoiding that which you know can add up to a significant amount of money like a hugely significant amount of money but if, if you're doing all that just to either, I mean, I see this on two ends of the spectrum, like the people that are saving a lot of money, but actually if you put, yeah, that amount of time, effort and money into just growing your business and growing yourself and earning more money, then you'd be able to sleep at night better. Or I know I was, that's kind of the approach I've taken. And that means I also get to stay in the UK. Um, or on the other side, I see a lot of people who are like, oh, I'll just try and stay below the VAT threshold because that's going to cost me. And it's shit, right? When you hit VAT, there is a period of time where usually you are making less money, like you're taking home less money, even though you're making more money. Like the business income is more, but because of VAT, you're making less money because 20% is coming off that. Now there are flat rate VAT schemes but you're still usually in a position when you first hit VAT, unless you suddenly went bam right over it, where you will be less well off as a personal trainer, because for most businesses, they can claim that back. We can't do that, that you will be making less money. But again, it's kind of like the dip, right? You have to work through that if you ever want to grow a really big, successful business. If you're always staying small, like, oh, just stay below the VAT threshold forever. Like, then you'll always stay that size. And some people want that. And that's absolutely fine. You can live a freaking awesome life just staying below that threshold so you never have to hit that target. But if you're like, I've got some really big fucking goals, you have to go through that and you have to accept it. You will earn less money for a given period of time. That's part of business growth. Um, Hayley, I don't charge that either. It's hard to do with our services. I have a reduced rate scheme. I think it's 12 percent-ish. Yeah for it you can only stay in that scheme until you have to go into it earning under 150,000 a year 
and then you can only stay in it until you earn about 200,000 or something. And it also means if you're flat rate fat, you cannot charge anything, like you cannot claim anything back on that. By the way, this is not financial advice. I am not an accountant, go and check it for yourself. But th like those are some of the problems. So just be aware that if you are, if you think, oh, I'll just have a reduced rate flat rate scheme, like you have to fit this criteria. So if you're earning too much, then such a hard life earning too much. Um, yeah. Okay, Corey. Right. It basically means you saying I'm good at getting in people's heads when I'm podcasting, when you are the absolute best. At oh, thanks, honey. Right. Okay. I think um, we've got to the end of that. Those questions, they were great today. Um, hopefully people can come to the mastermind. I will put a poll up. I've done this a few times just to see if there's better times for people. Because I know that it works for some people and I like consistency. But if some people are like, I can never make that time. I want to be able to, like, I want them to be able to make the mastermind as well. So I will see if there's better times for people.